Meanwhile, in New Jersey... So, Marissa, what talking points do you want to hit on in this week's episode? Well, Jackie, let's talk about how the film addresses the patriarchy. Ooh, and representation of marginalized people. Ooh, ooh, and even philosophical ramifications of good versus evil and horror. We can point out the triangle boobs, talk about the blood splatter, and, oh, the practical effects. <sighs> um, and also the male gaze? My gaze at the males. hi From feminism to fangirling, the Jersey Ghouls cover all the bases of horror from a woman's perspective. New episodes are uploaded every other Sunday. Just search Jersey Ghouls to find us on social media and your favorite podcasting app. Hey, welcome to Unstable Topics, a fast-paced, jam-packed, unhinged bestie podcast filled with facts, reacts, and made-up games in between. We're your hosts, Sarah and Maggie. And we're excited for you to join our best friend hangout, where we surprise one another with things we find interesting or hilarious just to see how the other will react. Our friendship might be totally stable, but you never know what your bestie might throw your way to knock you off your game. So come shake things up, learn something new, and laugh along with us. This is Unstable Topics. wizard behind the curtain is that this episode is the first episode we're recording since our first episode dropped it is and i'm so excited it's uh i'm really happy with the 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 reactions so far um i want to check this real quick but i posted a poll on our instagram page where i asked people if our episode convinced them to watch let it snow and it's at a 100% yes. Yes. Um, yes. From, I mean, not the biggest thing, but from five people. We converted five people to check out that movie, which to me is a win. Oh, for uh, sure. And you can add, I had four people text me since I the was, episode dropped telling me um, I had no interest in this. As a matter of fact, I had scrolled past the movie before. <laughs> but since you guys talked about this and the way you guys described it, I have to watch it. Yeah, I so. I actually my friend Derek shout out. Uh, I was talking to him on Monday night, <laughs> um, and he was like, "Yeah, me and my wife, my fiance were listening to your episode in the car, and we were like, man, people don't people didn't watch Let It Snow. That movie ruled." And he's like, and then I like went upstairs to do some work, and when I was done the work, I was like, man, I think I'm gonna go watch Let It Snow. And I walked downstairs, and she was watching the closing credits of Let It Snow, and I was like, legitimately pissed off that she didn't invite me to watch Let It Snow with her. So, so he's like, no, sit back down. <laughs> yeah. We're watching this again. Yeah, we're rewatching Let It Snow. Um, but yeah, so 
that was something that I picked for us to watch. Um, yes. I picked a 90-minute movie, and you picked 90 minutes of uh, episodes of Community for us to oh watch. Oh, so my gosh, yes. So, obviously, this is one of your favorite shows. Um, with me, this is definitely among my favorite shows, but I feel like it never quite cracks like my top five. It might be somewhere in my top ten. But I really dipped out on Community over the last couple of years. I think because... For such a long time, it was, you know how, like, some people just have the office on all the time? Yeah. Like, community was kind of like that for me. Like, it was just, like, a very, I can just throw this on in the background while I'm doing stuff. I know the episodes well enough that, like, I can kind of instantly be invested at the drop of a hat type situation. Um, And as I'm looking at my notes for these, we're covering the Christmas episodes from season one through season three. And just looking at my notes, you can, I can tell that my enjoyment of the Christmas specials grew every season. <laughs> so it's so funny that you say that because as much as I love um, the Glee Christmas and Abed's uncontrollable Christmas, it is that first Christmas episode that brings my heart so much joy. And I have always loved community. Um, it was introduced to me after season one had ended um, one of my best friends at the time that summer was watching it on his computer. And I'm like, what are you watching? And it was the episode where, uh, I believe Britta had admitted to cheating and they are trying to have the court case in the middle of the pool area, of course. Yeah. And, um, I was like, wow, this is absolutely brilliant. So I sat down, I watched the entire first season and then became an avid watcher as it would come on. And, I was always a fan of Donald Glover, of course. I loved his stuff on YouTube with Derek Comedy. I had been familiar with his music, but for some reason, Community had gone by the wayside for me. And I love the first few seasons. I love all of it, but I love the first few seasons because it reminded me, as much as it was still um, absurdist comedy at points, it still reminded me of me attending Community College. Because some of the stuff was as ridiculous as it is in the show. I was going to ask you about that because I also only attended community college. Well, not community college. I I attended a commuter college. Okay. Um, And I make that distinction because I did go to a Penn State school. But, you know, when you're going to a commuter college, it is very different than when you're going to, like, a stay-at-dorms college. Definitely. Um, so I was going to ask you if you had a similar experience like that. You know, what's funny is that I'm envious of you that you got to experience watching season two as it happened because I was so late to the game that season four was actually the first season I watched as it aired. And as we all know, that is like the gas leak here. Yeah, the it, is not here, a, yeah. it is not a good season of television. No, no it is um, not. Now, hold on. Now, I will say, I and again, this is maybe bias because I love the show. There are aspects of season four that I love. Oh, um, no, there's, I, I'm not going to say that there are worse seasons of television that I adore yeah. than season yeah. four. Like there is moment, but it is, it definitely is missing its heart and soul. Yes. Uh, the same, the same way when like a band loses their primary songwriter and mm-hmm. you can just tell when you listen to the album after it, like, Oh, the driving force is not here. The music exactly. might still sound great, but the lyrics feel awkward and maybe the melodies don't quite work. Like that is how I feel about community. I mean, I think the problem with community season four, and I've said this before, 
is that at times it feels like a very well done fan film. Like it feels like people who are a fan of the show and are trying to make what they think people love about the show because it's what they love about the show, but it's missing that that little that little something that only seems to work in Dan Harmon's brain. And I mean, Dan Harmon is a kind of a questionable human being sometimes. Yeah. Um, um, I mean, at one point, uh, as most of you know, I write for a website, icon versus icon.com. And I had a chance to look at uh, Rick and Morty season four a little bit early before that came out. And I touched on that. And yeah, Dan Harmon is a very questionable human being. I think, I think he's grown. I mean, as we all have as a person, um, but he really was the driving force of those first three seasons and losing him in season four. I definitely agree with what you're saying. It does feel like, oh, let's take these characters and what we love about these characters and let's put them in situations that we like, like when they go to the um, Inspector Space Time convention or what's happening with Christmas. The show rarely takes place on campus in season four. That's and, that's a good point. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. I think the other thing is like, and we'll get to it when we get to the the first, uh, the second and third season. First mm-hmm. season, first season didn't quite have this aspect yet, and I think it's why I enjoy the first season, but I don't love it. Is that the first season they weren't really dabbling in stylistic parody yet? Yeah. Um, yeah. But, like, when you get those second and third seasons where they are just, every episode is like, let's do a zombie movie. Let's do a Rankin and Bass Claymation Christmas special. Let's do a parody of flashback episodes of TV shows. Like, that is when Community is at its, like, comedic peak to me. Yeah, I would agree. Um, And I think that that's, like, I literally have two notes for the first season Christmas episode. Um not that I did, I enjoyed watching it, but it yeah. just was like, I it, it wasn't hitting the beats that, that I wanted in season two, that I found when I rewatched the season two. Like, there was a moment where I was like, oh no, do I like not like Community anymore? Like, I had that oh, no. concern. Um, not that I like, but I just was like, man, I remember watching Community and like laughing from start to finish when I would watch yeah. episodes. And But then like we got to like the season two and season three episodes and I was you know, back to like, okay, this is, it's just that I really like the way they do parody. Um, So how about we tackle these one episode at a time? So let's start with the season one episode. I will give you the reins on this because honestly, my only true note, I wrote down one quote, which is barely a quote. It's just Mary happy, which I just think is very funny. (laughs) Um, But, and this might shed some light on why I don't enjoy watching this episode is that, I was Shirley in middle school in this episode. Ah, okay. Like I was that like just got into religion, was really drinking the and it's funny cuz like I went to a church that didn't really even pour this this type of punch, but like yeah. I was drinking the lemonade of like, yeah. oh yeah, if they're not a Christian there, they're going straight to hell and you it's your job to save them. Um so I almost empathize with her because it's not like like, it's not just like, oh, you believe something differently than me, but I'm going to force you to believe what yeah. I believe. It is like a genuine, like, I don't want you to go to hell. I love you so much that I don't want that to happen. Um, 
And I get that, and I relate to like that mindset because I had that mindset in middle school. Uh, but it's like a mindset that's like to me like better off buried in my past. So I yeah. feel like when I watch this episode, it's like, oh, I said and did. Like I remember my freshman year of high high school. And this is terrible. My freshman year of high school, single ass Matt Kelly never had a girlfriend. <laughs> First week of school, this girl at the school dance asked me to dance. We like dance the whole night. She's talking to me the whole time. We even kiss a little bit. And then I found out that she was Jewish and I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I can't. And like that thought sends chills down my spine now in my 30s that I was like, oh, you idiot. I was going to say, <laughs> uh, we are what? This will be around our fifth episode and we have already been canceled. Thank you, Matt Kelly, yeah, for your... Yeah. <laughs> your performance in the past but no i mean going back going back to what you're saying is like you also and honestly you just kind of open my eyes up on it is you can't really blame shirley i mean that's what she's has been ingrained in her mind that's what she's been taught that's what she's learned and it, she is a genuine person and i know she can be a little bit manipulative at times but it's true it's the whole point is she does not want to see her friends go to hell and that is her belief system honestly yeah and i do like the way this is i believe this is the episode where they introduce pierce's weird buddhism yes that, that oh my comes gosh up throughout the rest of the show yes uh but yeah it's it's a really it's a good episode um i love the bully like the bully story yeah. is hilarious because that is a little bit of dabbling into parody like that's yes. definitely you know, it's it's similar to like the South Park, like Stan Darsh, like just like the dumbest '80s bullies of all time. Yep, yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely got its moments. So, yeah. how about you tell me what it is about this particular one that kind okay. of makes it your favorite among the three? So, as we, as you and I were just talking, um, kind of a light bulb clicked, and I think what I like about what's different about this episode versus the other two is the other two I enjoy for their situations. I enjoy the situation that is happening throughout the entire episode. My favorite part about season one, that Christmas episode, and actually probably season one in general are some of the lines that are used. The dialogue is what I really believe stands out in season one um some of the things like when shirley gives everybody a what would baby jesus do bracelet and they're sitting at lunch and i think jeff's like well shirley can be a little bit manipulative and troy goes oh i never noticed i'm just wearing this bracelet because it gets me chicks and i'm like i i just little like nuances like that or when they're when they're uh taking the spanish test and it literally just something so like dumb, just a, a minuscule part of the episode. Somebody walks up and ha hands in their test and Chag just goes, "Ugh, so boring and throws the <laughs> test on the ground. I've done that. Like, <laughs> like I've done as a joke, of course, like I'm not I'm not sitting here as manipulative and evil as Chang is, but I've done that just joking around with my kids. I was like, "Ugh." boring and then the bully comes in and he's like chang what are you gonna what are you gonna do about this and he's like i'll allow it it's yeah, like the i'll allow it is classic like it's a classic and i think that's become a gif at this point yes uh, the i'll allow it um i i definitely think that 
the first season's interesting, and this is nothing new. This isn't unique to Community. This is pretty much any sitcom. Is that like the first like five episodes of Community? The characters are not the characters. They're exactly. not the right characters. Yeah. Um, and one of the things I did learn is that a lot of Community they started to lean on the reality of the actors. So that mm-hmm. the actress who played Shirley is a very religious woman. So they're like, all right, well, let's just play that up. Um, Donald Glover grew up a Jehovah's Witness. Yeah, I was going to say, because yeah. I think this is the first episode where we learned that factoid about. Because prior to this, Troy was like dumb jock yep. who's yep. too cool for school. Uh, and and there is a cool thing to analyze. We, we talked about community on another one of the shows that I produce. Uh, my favorite episode of, and someone talked about like your first nerd boyfriend, like the the first guy when you're like a nerdy guy and you feel like no one understands you, like that amazing connection when you meet this other person who's not just nerdier than you, but so excited and ready to share that nerdiness with you, and you're yeah. like, oh, this is who I was always meant to be, and like that's the story of Troy and Abed, a hundred percent. And and I think that that's another big element of like something lost uh, in not season four, but early season five is losing uh, Troy in the series. It, it definitely season six. We were just talking about this before we hit record. Season six is a fun season, yeah. but there's so many characters missing and like so many new characters introduced to kind of pad it out. And while that's realistic to like community college, like you're not all going to be there together for six straight years. Yeah. Um, it is definitely something where you're like, oh, man. Like, I remember watching a couple episodes and being like, man, I wish Shirley and Troy were here. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, we haven't even gotten to uh, Abed's Uncontrollable Christmas. And you're going to already have me start crying over here thinking about yeah. Troy's departure. Because, God, that was absolutely heart-wrenching. Abed's entire, like, the devastation, the realization that Troy is leaving. Um, but you're right. In the, the first season, we haven't established... The Troy and Abed. We haven't. Troy and Abed in the morning has not happened yet. They're kind of two separate characters. Um, there's interactions between the two, but there are a lot they of aren't that team. I, yeah. That, I was talking about this with my friend Crystal because she was one of the people that really got me into the show community. And our friend Lauren, who listens to the podcast, uh, was getting into community over quarantine. And she had been skipping the bumpers. And we were like, no, 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 oh no. Oh, my you, God. Yeah, we're like, you have to watch the bumpers because literally the Troy and Abed relationship grows if from you, that. Yeah, if you didn't watch the bumpers, they're just suddenly friends and it doesn't make sense. But if you've been watching the bumpers throughout the first season, it really does build yeah. their growing friendship through these little like 30 second shorts that are at the end of the episodes. Exactly. That that friendship grows, I mean, from the very first, the La Biblioteca rap. I yeah. mean... So we don't really see it in the actual show, but those bumpers, just the growth of that friendship as close as they are. But I think that's just scaled back in the actual episodes. And you notice that, especially when Troy is going back and they're thinking about him playing for the football team and and everything else. And and the way he treats Annie um, in season one is, is crazy to me. But I mean, again, we were just getting to know these characters. They were completely different than they are in the seasons that follow, or actually even by the second half of season one, I think we're seeing who these characters actually are. Um, I guess we should probably explain a little bit about this episode and, and what actually takes place. So we have two basic plot lines. The first plot line is Shirley, 
um, is planning a Christmas party for the study group and comes to find out that everybody else in the study group is not Christian. Um, Abed is Muslim. Annie is Jewish. Uh, Troy is a Jehovah's Witness. Britta is an atheist. Um, Pierce um, believes he's a Buddhist, but (laughs) really it is quickly revealed that he is in a cult. Um, And Jeff, of course, says he is agnostic, to which Pierce refers to him as a poor man's atheist. Um, And on our, our, our B plot... Uh, actually, I would say that's probably our B plot. Our A plot is um, this bully Mike, played by the fantastic Anthony Michael Hall, um, comes into the cafeteria and notices that Abed has taken all the Christmas cookies, uh, appropriately named Winter Doodles. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and he's pissed. He's pissed. And he's like, Where's all the Winter Doodles? I love the character. Seriously, the character of Mike, the bully, as you brought up before absolutely brilliant it is that stereotypical 80s bully they were one like ski uh, or mountain away from a ski race at the end of this episode well and sure. like it's not an accident that they're picking anthony michael hall oh no so, like, not like it's like they knew what they were doing in the casting of like okay who's gonna make people think 80s immediately exactly exactly so um Anthony Michael Hall's character, Mike, uh, kind of an ass to Abed, and Jeff stands up for him, and the plots kind of uh, merge together when Jeff is going to fight this bully, and Shirley says that is the unchristian thing to do. You will not do that on Christmas. Um, it's not Christmas. It's December 10th, as we keep, <laughs> keep saying in the episode. Um, but yeah, I enjoy... Season, the season one Christmas episode more for the dialogue the there are lines throughout the show that episode in particular that I quote to this day uh, the what's up and and hit him with the Forrest Whitaker eye uh, <laughs> I, I, I love the Forrest Whitaker eye and I love Pierce training Jeff to fight it's there there's something about this first episode and maybe it's because it was like the first episode um the first Christmas episode that I had seen that made me go, you know what? I'm going to watch this every single year, at least the Christmas episodes. And around Halloween, I watched the Halloween episodes. Um, Even if I'm not binging community that year, I make it a point that around those two seasons, I watch those themed episodes for sure. Nice. Well, and, and I, We'll get into this in just a second as we move into season two's Christmas episode. But even this early on, um, they really knew that Abed was the emotional backbone of Mm -hmm. the entire series. Um, Because, you know, Jeff Winger is not in the beginning of this show, nor really, honestly, until like season five. If is Jeff Winger someone who's going to truly stand up for his friends, but... Abed is always this special exception where it's like in any other episodes, it might be like he begrudgingly is like putting off stepping up. But like if someone steps up to Abed, he is in the defense mode so quickly. Um, And I, and I think that that leads beautifully into the second season uh, where we've got this amazing Rankin and Bass claymation special. So, so before we go completely into it, I, I this was something that just hit my head last night as I was rewatching 
these episodes and that episode began is I, I want to know how this was done. Um, what, did they do this digitally or did they actually create the the full-blown characters in claymation i'm trying to figure that out did, okay i was gonna say did you it research now. it um I, i'm doing that now if you want to get into i it. would <laughs> imagine i'm gonna make a guess here knowing the insanity that is dan Harmon, i think that if they couldn't do it the way that it was done back then he wouldn't have done it yeah and, and exactly and that's what i was thinking um I was listening to um, um, the Can't Wait for Christmas podcast uh, from Tim Babb, and he went into the creation of The Nightmare Before Christmas and how long that took. And I know it's different styles. I know it's a different process. But knowing that it probably takes the same amount of time to get those shots in, that's when I was like, oh, my God, like how long did it actually take? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do some research on the fly here. As okay, you, you get look, into the episode. You look into that one. So this one, uh, in my eyes, immediately it starts off grabbing my attention again. And I had forgotten that this episode is literally from start to finish claymation. Um, there was part of me that kind of remembered that, like, eventually they went to live action towards the end. But that there's literally one single shot of live action people. Uh, the rest is all claymation. And the concept is that Abed is seeing the entire world as a Rankin-Bass claymation special. So John Oliver's character of the therapist uh, is brought in. And I believe, I feel like by this time, John Oliver was no longer a series regular. I feel like this may have even been his last appearance on the show. Because they definitely started to fade him out. Exactly. Like season one, he was very involved as, um, as a former associate of Jeff's of course um but yeah by this point John Oliver had not been appearing regularly and they brought him in for this and then I believe he did not return until season five maybe yeah like I I think that this is kind of his last really official role on the show um and it really just takes him to takes his character the cleaners is just a very manipulative (laughs) Uh, mean-spirited man but the the focus of the show is them having a therapy session in the the study room which is a super common theme that i love throughout this show and they talk about the magic of this uh study room um but usually they're talking about like because it brought them together but so many episodes like this or the D D episode or like millions of other episodes are they are just sitting at the table in the study room, but yep. we're experiencing the narrative that they're living through that. So this is, I think, probably the first episode where they really did something like that. Yeah, and you get subtle reminders of it um, when they're, like, holding John Oliver character back and he's like, you're actually choking me in real life, you yeah. delinquents. <laughs> or there'll be scenes where a door will open and you see the library. Yep through the doorway uh there's like a lot of cool little things like that but this is the one i did not shed a tear watching season one i shed a tear watching season two and season three um they they had these little moments um so at one point one of my notes was that at one point they uh abed turns all of them into (laughs) 
uh, toy versions of themselves, like yeah. Brita Bot and Jeff in the Box and stuff like that. Uh, Troy Soldier is my personal favorite of the names. Oh, I love Troy Soldier. Um, I love Shirley as the baby, and she's like Shirley's the baby, and he's like, she's like, I'm the what? What the hell? <laughs> but I maybe you know this. Did they ever make like? action figures of these toys because i would hang that shit on my tree so fast so i feel like they did at one point as i was watching it last night i had vague memories of seeing these but at the same time when that popped in my head i was like if those existed why would i not have bought them yeah like like, that's my thought process that's exactly my thought too is like if the, if those toys existed, I would own them. So like someone's missing out on some hard cash that they could be making right now. Uh, but the, you know, the the main premise is it's fun. It's got a lot of wackiness. It tap it taps into a lot of the Christmas specials that we grew up on. But it's the last like five minutes that really makes this particular episode shine to me. Yeah. Is that you know Abed finds out that the, the whole thing is trying to figure out why is Abed living in a delusion at that moment um and it all stems from uh i'm sure you wrote this down i like an idiot did not what's the date december 13th is it um yeah december 13th uh abed's parents went through a divorce we touched on that a little bit in season one um because his dad is like freaking out because abed wants to be a part of film school and stuff like that or take film classes and we touch a little bit on that divorce, but every December 13th, um, his mom comes and they watch, I believe it was Rudolph. Yeah. They watch yeah. Rudolph together. Yeah. They watch uh, Rudolph together. And they're like, but it's December 13th right now. And he's like, no, it can't possibly be because she would be here if it was December 13th. And they find out that his mom has a new family and she's not going to be able to make it this year. Uh, and he kind of freezes and uh, this is the point where, first of all, reading the letter made me cry when, yeah. when they read the letter out loud. But then all of them come together to help Abed realize that he has a new family yeah. with the study group. And there's a quote. I had to pause it and rewind it and listen to it like seven times so I could get this quote perfect. But it is now my favorite. <laughs> I, I might cry while reading it. It is my favorite quote about Christmas. Yeah. It's the crazy notion that some of the longest, coldest, and darkest nights can also be the warmest and brightest. Yep. Yep. 100%. Oh, my God. It's so... I literally am... I mean, I also was cutting onions before we came down (laughs) here, but like, I'm not saying that as a joke. I literally was starting to work on on making a stew, but yeah. Oh, God. It... That line kills me. And it it bleeds into, like, once they're done singing and... And Abed's unfrozen. He's like, the meaning of Christmas is that Christmas has meaning. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. So it's such a well. And I think that that's the thing that's so. Like, here's what makes this one and a little bit of season. Th- I think that this one stands out the most among the three in this way. But like, at its core. I would say that community is more often a pessimistic show than an optimistic show. I would agree. Like, like it falls in the same realm of the office where it's a lot of winking and nodding at like how dumb things are. Yeah. So for the fact that they 
really actually have a super optimistic view of Christmas from someone like Dan Harmon, who is so pessimistic, Yeah, really says a lot about, like, I think that at his core, Dan Harmon is probably a big Christmas guy. Yeah. Because, because with the way that he gives, like, a, a thumbs down and a loud wet fart on every single thing that happens in the world between this and Rick, Rick and Morty... For Christmas to be the one thing where he's like, no, 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 no. We're yeah. going to talk about how beautiful time together at this time of the year is. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, if that if that's not the Grinch's heart growing three times its size and like, you know, I, I went on a, a long tangent on something recently. I, I think it was maybe a Facebook post about how like the most important story to think about at this time of the year is the Christmas Carol, is Scrooge. It's this idea that whoever you've been doesn't have to be who you are. Yeah. Um, I, I just, I, I do. I really love that. I think I'm going to have to revisit at least season two's Christmas special yeah. every year from here on out. I mean, and, and, so and, and I agree. And as much as I love, as, as I was pouring my heart about season one, I think as I do, and I do, that's, that is definitely my favorite. It's my favorite season. And I, I don't, I might chalk that up to, Hey, it was the first one I watched, whatever. Season two, this Christmas special, if somebody was like, you can only watch one of them, this would be the one I would watch. It, it is the most Christmassy. It is the most heartfelt. It's got the the beautiful moment at the end, and it's got little moments throughout. I love Pierce when he's in the train car, and he's like, all right, I'm out of here. The cookies are gone. I got to pee. I'm done. Bye. <laughs> and leaves. And then everybody else is gone and he comes back and Abed just looks at him and he's like, yeah, I didn't want to go home. It's lonely around there this time of year. And yeah. it's like, oh my God, like, like Pierce and Abed even have a connection. And it's like, Pierce is a human being as, <laughs> as hard as that is to see. <laughs> and I, and I think that this is going to sound really weird also, but I think it's really telling who the people are that stuck around for Abed not that, like, Jeff and Britta, and, like, I think that everyone had good intentions. Yeah. But it's it's Annie and Troy who are the same age as Abed. Mm-hmm. And it's Pierce. And me stepping outside of, and I'm, and this is, I, I am very well aware that this is probably me just reading too much into it. But I think that when you look at it, you've got Pierce's generation, who's looked at as washed up and no longer useful. And you look at Annie and Troy, and they're of that generation where you're too young to know any better. And I think that it's not an accident that those are the two groups that are ride or die with Abed's delusion to make sure that they figure out if he's okay and take care of him um, by showing him that empathy and compassion. Because they're also used to being told that what they're feeling or thinking may not, may not longer be valid. Yeah, exactly. And I would agree. I don't think you're reading too much into it at all. I, in, in my personal opinion, as we talked about Dan Harmon before, the man is, I mean, at this point, you can't argue he's a creative genius in, in writing, at least. So, I mean, definitely. There's, there's no way that is just a coincidence. But yeah, so I so the so the episode ends with them watching TV, and as the TV shuts off, you see the actual real life versions of these claymation characters sitting on the couch, and it's a very sweet moment. Um, 
one thing I want to give a shout out to this as we lead into season three is the one thing that season two does not do well that season three does amazingly is I think that the songs in season two are nice attempts. They're okay. <laughs> like I enjoy like sad, sad, quick Christmas song and like stuff like that. But season three, the songs that come up in this season three Glee episode, at least three of them, I would happily put on a playlist and listen to every Christmas. Of course, one of them being definitely what me so Christmas, me so yeah, Merry. Oh, oh God, it's so <laughs> well. So let's let's get into this. So it's this one is a full parody of the show Glee, and even as me who only watched the first season of Glee. I was able to be like, yeah, they are crushing this. I was, right I now. was gonna, I was wondering about that because, um, <laughs> me personally, I was a huge Glee fanatic for at least the first three seasons. Um, I was a theater kid, and I also played football, and multiple characters on that show did both. So I was like, oh, I saw myself in this show as as polished and as manufactured as the show actually was it did have some decent writing and i was curious as to what the take was from somebody who may not have followed that show and you said you only watched the first season but i'm glad to see it didn't lose i don't even know if i watched the first i feel like so i borrowed my friend's dvd of it and that's all i watched of it but i i think it was and correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't Glee actually release the first season in two separate DVDs? Because it was like yeah. such a yeah. So I only watched the first half of the first season, then I saw the first thirteen okay. episodes. Oh, um, it wasn't it was, that bad. No, no, it was. <laughs> you know what? It, I <laughs> I think for me, it was like it was perfectly fine. I enjoyed. Like I still think that they have. I won't say that they've done the best version of a lot of songs, but I think that I listen to their version of Defying Gravity more than any other version of Defying Gravity. I would agree. And I love their version of Smile, um, the smile though your heart is aching. I think yeah. it is the most beautiful version of song I've ever heard. And I so would like, say I would vote that it's also at this point, and not even maybe because of the show, the least rewatchable thing yeah out there currently because you put it on and you're like okay this happened to this person uh, half of this cast has passed on this person was horrible and now he's gone it's like like the the curse i don't believe in like a lot of those like like, like Shudder the, curse did the films. cursed yeah, films yeah. yeah i don't believe in like oh poltergeist was cursed and stuff like that i might be starting to believe that glee was cursed meanwhile in new jersey So, Marissa, what talking points do you want to hit on in this week's episode? Well, Jackie, let's talk about how the film addresses the patriarchy. Ooh, and representation of marginalized people. Ooh, ooh, and even philosophical ramifications of good versus evil and horror. We can point out the triangle boobs, talk about the blood splatter, and, oh, the practical effects. (sighs) Um, and also the male gaze? My gaze at the males. Hi-o! From feminism to fangirling, the Jersey Ghouls cover all the bases of horror from a woman's perspective. New episodes are uploaded every other Sunday. Just search Jersey Ghouls to find us on social media and your favorite podcasting app. Hey, welcome to Unstable Topics, a fast-paced, jam-packed, unhinged, bestie podcast filled with facts, reacts, and made-up games in between. We're your hosts, Sarah and Maggie. 
And we're excited for you to join our best friend hangout, where we surprise one another with things we find interesting or hilarious just to see how the other will react. Our friendship might be totally stable, but you never know what your bestie might throw your way to knock you off your game. So come shake things up, learn something new, and laugh along with us. This is Unstable Topics. And I think that like, Glee... That is it's, horrifying. It's not a bad show. Like, no. no I, I don't have any explanation for why I didn't continue watching it beyond just like, eh, it wasn't my thing. But like, I also sat and hate watched five straight seasons of Dawson's Creek on Netflix. So like, I really have no <laughs> you excuse. You watched? I mean, it was all right. I think for me, I had put off Dawson's Creek for years because it was one of those shows where everyone's like, you're just like Dawson. And I was like, no, I just like horror movies. Like, there's a difference. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, like, I mean, I mean, I, I, I'm curious because I have, I've never watched Dawson's Creek, but some of my favorite movies are considered like, oh, that's the Dawson's Creek of this, like Halloween H2O. I love Halloween H2O. See, I. So here's the thing, because because Dawson's Creek is written by Kevin Williamson. Exactly. Exactly. But, but Kevin Williamson does a lot. He's a lot better at writing. Like, it's just, it's too much of, like, that time period of, like, ooh, it's the it's the mid-90s, and we're doing, it's it's just Beverly Hills 90210. It's, it's, like, all of those types of shows where it's just, like, the drama is so over the top in its manufacturedness that, okay. like, like, it's just not bingeable. I'm sure that if it was a show that you were watching week to week, it'd be different, but, like, it was exhausting yeah. to, like, sit down and be like, all right, I'm going to watch... I've got nothing to do this Saturday. I'm going to watch the entire first season of Dawson's Creek. And I was just like, I like same thing happens even with like Gilmore Girls for me. Like I, I watched all the Gilmore Girls and I enjoyed Gilmore Girls. But sometimes like after two or three episodes, it's like, I need to take a break. Like it can I'm be just, a lot. It's like it's, <laughs> there's certain situations. Um, again, I'm only referencing Gilmore Girls because I haven't watched Dawson's Creek where it's like, OK, you guys could have avoided this situation. Yeah. By doing well, and, this. <laughs> I, and I've talked about this with people before. But like for me, if I was ever to revisit Gilmore Girls, I'd probably just stick within like seasons two through four where it's still like just this show about like a small town and like the problems are never really that big. Cause when you get to those later seasons where it's like seven or eight episodes where Rory and Lorelai aren't speaking to each other, it's just like, this is so stressful for me. Like, yeah. I just, like I don't, I didn't come to this show because it had heavy drama that I had to think about and sit with. I came to this show because it was light drama. Well, there's like, even like, like the, and they, I think that's where they might have messed up a little bit with the reboot as well as it wasn't light drama. It was back to, oh, Rory Ooh, is. I'm going to hit up. Wait, I, did I, I, am I about to spoil this for you? No, 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 no. I've watched it all, but I okay. may have to hit up my friend because I think she would be great to do our show because she hated. We can get all into Gilmore Girls with her. Yeah. She hated the movies, but every Christmas she has to watch the winter season because she's like, I don't. It just feels like Christmas when I watch. There, that there episode. are moments I love. <laughs> I love um, 
when the uh, Logan's crew, I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. Oh, are you about to talk about the Across the Universe bullshit? Dude, I love it. I love it. <laughs> Shut the hell up. I love that. I love Across the Universe. So any, I do too, any but point I don't where want they can... more girls to be Across the Universe. <laughs> I wanted to be Gilmore Girls. I know. Um... But, but, but one of my biggest issues with that was talking about the large drama is like Logan's cheating on his fiance with Rory and we're supposed to be okay with it because it's Rory like I don't care I think Rory is and I do I like the show Rory is one of my least favorite characters uh, I mean I've said before <laughs> that I would like that show as much if not more if it was literally just called Stars Hollow because yeah. like that's all I ever I just want to see like what the hell is Sean Gunn up to like yeah. that's all I'm ever wondering um, all right, so season three, Glee, we got on some tangents about television. In the season three season. of Community. <laughs> yeah, season three of Community. Um, so so we get into this episode. This episode, I this for a long time was my favorite episode of Community. Oh, um, all right. I have to do a big rewatch because the one that I think about more than anything now is the one that's a parody of uh, the like PBS documentaries. Um, yeah, about the pillow town. Like yep. I want to revisit that one because I think that 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 one I think about so fondly all the time. But for a long time, I loved this one because I love the songs in it. I love the jokes, and there's like some really weird pop culture references scattered amongst it that we're gonna get into. But the first thing that made me absolutely write this down is they, you know, they're taking shots at the show Glee, uh, and the biggest shot is when they're like, oh no. Here comes the hip hop remix, or you know, re, the hip hop re, 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 remix. Re, but it's, re, re. but it's when they're like, it's Elton Little John. It's like, hey, tiny dancer. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> like that is so. It's funny because it's absurd, but it's also funny because it's not too far off from it's the reality. It's not too far off, and it's like if you were so. For those of you who've never watched Glee, is these kids would break out into song, but it would be like super well produced. The songs sounded amazing, even if you hated them. The production was amazing. But if you were to strip that back, if you were to base that show in reality, this is exactly what those songs would sound like. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think that that's so. I'm sure you already know this. But, you know, there was a period of time where there was a lot of parody films getting released, and they were all bad. Oh, yeah. Um, the movies like Epic Movie and Disaster yep. Movie and stuff. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, I'm not sure if you know this, but the movie Disaster Movie, do you know the story of the writing of that movie? I am not familiar, no. So they wanted Disaster Movie to be in theaters at the same time that the movies they were parodying were coming out. So... All of the jokes are just based on things that happened in the trailers. What? And the re yeah, so the reason why I'm saying that is because I've watched all of those movies. Just a morbid curiosity. I'm like, let me watch Meet the Spartans. Let me watch these movies and just see how truly awful they are. And they are truly awful. Oh, yeah. But one of the big things that shines in them that doesn't shine in, like, the scary movie, like the original group of scary movie films, which I include up to part four. Like I think scary movie three and four are hidden gems in the scary movie. Oh, franchise. I think they're they're amazing. I will. I've never seen scary movie five because the the parts that I have seen, it does lean more into those epic movies and and vampire sucks. But um, the movies, the scary movie one through four, 
Amazing. I, would, I, think I would literally great. argue Scary Movie 3 is the best in the franchise. Better yeah. than the original yes. to me. I, but I would as you, well. But what the thing I was going to say is you can tell when you watch Disaster Movie that no one really did their research. Like, they literally just watched the trailer and was like, okay, well, let's just make fun of these things from the trailer. Yeah. But with this episode, I do not doubt that the community writing team sat down and was like, I know we're going to hate this, but let's watch as much glee as we possibly can so that we can make yeah. sure that we match camera movements and we make sure that Mr. Rad just fits that obnoxious upbeat tone that the whole show glee has throughout What's it. What's funny like, is is this isn't even their first shot at glee. No. Like they <laughs> they did it in the paintball episode, the first paintball episode when they're in the the courtyard. He's like He's like, he's like the Glee Club, and I can't remember what song they started singing, but it was some rip-off parody of whatever, and it sounded, again, like like you're saying, there was definitely research done beforehand. Yeah, uh, so th- as the actual like moments that I started really taking notes, the first bit is fine. It's it's th- I mean, after that Hey Tiny Dancer, okay, it's tough to like hit that peak again very quickly. But the the next line that I had to write down, because I feel this line in my core, and when Abed said it, I felt so sad because I relate it to Abed in that moment, was, you know, Troy says, we hate the Glee team, remember? And he goes... Oh yeah, I guess I just like liking things. Same. And I Same. Was like, oh my god, I feel that so much. Like, cause I just I, I and I think this is gonna sound insane. We're gonna reveal something about the two of us, but both of us are ICP fans. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And I think that there's something to be said about coming from that angle of like. Yeah, like, do I know that it's goofy and it's absurd? And we're wrestling fans, too. Like, there's something about the stuff that the entire world has all agreed is okay to shit on. Yeah. And it's like, but, like, it, I just enjoy, like, like, I enjoy watching it. Like, even, like, I haven't watched a second of wrestling since this pandemic started. But I still follow like the YouTube channels because I still want to be like slightly knowledgeable about what's happening in in the world of wrestling because it is just like a fun distraction and like that's all I need is just a distraction sometimes. Yeah. And I I hate I, I remember a piece of advice someone gave me because they were talking about writing reviews and they were like the thing that you have to remember is that the worst movie you have ever seen is somebody's favorite movie. Yep. And I was like, oh shit. (laughs) Yeah. And and, I mean, we're on Geekscape, we're on the Geekscape network. And while we never officially printed t shirts of this, uh, at one point, the unofficial slogan of Geekscape was Geekscape because it's okay to like things. Um, And it was like, and it was just because we were like, we didn't ever want to write clickbaity articles. It's like 14 things that suck about the new Batman movie. (laughs) Like, it's like, (laughs) So it's like, yeah, like, I just think, especially in this day and age, the internet really, and, and again, coming from community, um, you know, a lot of humor took a very pessimistic tone. And I think that the fact that so much comedy is a pessimistic tone, and I've talked about this on multiple podcasts now, it's the reason why shows like Shit's Creek and uh, Parks and Rec are so beloved is that they are so undeniably optimistic television shows. Yeah, yeah <laughs> like, for sure. Like, 
For sure. Like their entire message is like there's good in the world. People can change that like employees can work together and become best friends and love each other. And even if they leave their job, they're still going to be supportive of each other. And they're not going to just be like a memory of someone that they used to work with. And, you know, that's like the antithesis of the office. Like, I don't believe for one second that half of the employees at Dunder Mifflin would ever actually hang out outside of work. But I believe in my core that the people that work at the parks department of Pawnee would absolutely go to each other's Christmas parties and absolutely spend time together. (laughs) Exactly. And, and I don't want this to turn into like, like we hate the office cast. No, no, because I don't hate the office. I'm actually, um, revealing something about myself right now. I had never sat down and wa- I had seen episodes every like so often, but I have actually started binge watching The Office with my girlfriend. We we watch it every single night, and I love it. I'm I'm really enjoying it. I understand why people love it, but there are moments where I'm like, these are horrible, horrible people. Yeah, like I, these and are that's my thing. Awful I, people. I love that show, and I enjoy that show a lot, and I think that there's really great, talented people involved in that show, but like when people try to argue that it's the best sitcom of the last 10 years, and it's like, did you not watch The Good Place? Did you not watch like Scrubs? Did you not watch Dude. like these... Like there's so many shows that are just so upbeat and positive and like have genuinely good characters that you want to watch succeed. Hey, like, justice, I, justice for Thirty Rock. I know. one hundred percent. Like, 100%. like I, I can see just like you were saying. While these characters may like pick on each other, uh, may make fun of each other, I genuinely see that these characters could totally hang out. I mean, look at Luda Christmas in the first season of 30 Rock. God, which I we're can't wait for us. Definitely going to gonna talk about. Uh, I can't wait happen. for that. <laughs> uh, but let's talk about, because after, after the, I guess I just like liking things portion, um, then it essentially turns into a series of songs. Oh, uh, so good. And like the first song with Abed and Mr. Rad is fine. It's mostly just taking shots at Glee. But yes. then we enter... The fucking rap song. Christmas Infiltration! <laughs> oh my god, it's so good. It's so good. Oh, and 100%. Like, and you cannot and- tell me that, like, again, I, I said this before, um, before we started recording, is I don't want this to turn into Gambino cast. Um, but I, I love this man to death, unashamedly, I'm gonna absolutely say, head over heels. I'm going to say it. something crazy. You're going to think I'm crazy, but I actually think Dan Pewdie has a better verse in this rap song. No, than no, 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 no. I don't deny that. What I was about to say, <laughs> what I was about to say is I can almost guarantee that Donald Glover wrote these raps. Oh, for guys. sure. Oh, n- and undeniable. I I think my only problem with Donald Glover's verse is there's a part in the song and it drives me nuts in modern hip hop sometimes. Yeah. Um where it's he's Going really, really fast and proving that he can go really, really fast, which is really cool. Yeah. But it feels like it's not following the beat. Like, it yeah. feels like he's going faster than the beat is allowing him to go. And it drives me nuts when he gets to that part. So part That's- of me feels like he did that on purpose. Oh, I don't doubt it. I like- Listen, I am like... 
Childish Gambino, Donald Glover is a genius. Anything that yeah. I think is incorrect, I'm probably wrong and not <laughs> smart enough to understand what the intentions were. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like that part just from an aesthetic standpoint bothers me every single time I watch this episode. And I like that it's revealed that like they rap all the time. Yeah. Oh, you guys are rapping? You never invite me to rap. <laughs> I love that line. And I think this is where, is it this part or when they get to the rest of the study group where uh, Donald Glover kind of follows up that Abed line of, oh, I guess I just like liking things when he's like, how can you hate Glee? Glee literally means Glee. Glee. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and that's because then they get into Baby Boober, Santa. Oh, my God. That's my favorite song in, in the show. See, um, I am a big I'm a big fan of Annie's song uh, because it <laughs> is such parody. it's such a parody of what I wrote. The exact phrasing that I wrote down in my notes was Annie's song is such a good parody of my least favorite type of Christmas song. Uh-huh. Like I we've talked about how much we love Christmas songs in last week's episode. But like that is even though I enjoy Santa Baby, I can I get Santa through Baby. it. <laughs> but but it is it is indignant of an entire genre of Christmas songs, which is like, I'm just a little girl that wants a diamond ring. Like I hate how many it's songs gross. are like that. It's, it's gross. It's, it's really uncomfortable. And and the way that she in the song essentially gets dumber by the verse. Yeah. Um, to what is still one of my favorite community lines of all time, where he goes, "There's sometimes there's diminishing returns on sexiness." Yeah. She goes, "What's <laughs> diminishing?" <laughs> but but man, we're, we are we are we just blew past baby boomer Santa. We yeah, baby. I'm sorry. Yeah, baby boomer Santa is great, and I, there's a quote in between baby boomer Santa and that. So we'll backtrack to this quote and then jump into baby boomer Santa. Okay. But Brett says the stakes aren't even that high, and it makes it so much scarier. <laughs> <laughs> and it's true. I mean, throughout the entire episode, they keep referencing regionals, and they're like, "We gotta get to regionals. We gotta get to regionals." What? Are, or no, it was uh, Dean Dean Pelton who's like, and to think they were this close to regionals, and Pierce like, "What are regionals? They were this close." Pierce. Well, and I think that actually. Uh, you quoting that reminded me that this is what I was thinking when I was watching it. When I did watch those 13 episodes of Glee, I was so confused by what the end goal of the show was because it felt like they were constantly building towards a different thing every couple episodes. And like, I was just like, I don't understand the structure of this. <laughs> like, I was so confused by, like, I was Pierce, where I was like, Wait, so what happens after regionals? <laughs> like, and that's, I, 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 I we're, we're jumping around at this point, but I love, I wish I would have wrote this line down, but um, Mr. Rad, Taryn Killam's line, where he's like, he's like, then we have regionals, then we have semis, then we have semi-regional finals. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's literally what it felt like when I was watching those episodes. I'm like, oh, there's just like things stacked on top of things stacked on top of things in this show but yeah let's get the baby boomer, boomer okay, santa yeah. uh because man like th- it's such a weird thing to say but dan danny pewdie's dancing during the disco sequence oh my is god with the mustache and the yeah. afro <laughs> it's burned into my brain 
I was like, I will never be able to dance like this. It ever. reminds me of he was like a live action version of one of those old seventies cartoons. For like, sure. I literally was gonna say, like, I would if you showed me a cartoon dancing like that, I'd be like, no human can dance like that. Yeah, it looked like Schoolhouse Rock. Like it looked like yeah. one of those animations of somebody with an afro and a mustache. Just it was oh so my god, good. It was so good. And the way it just bounces from genre to genre to genre, it's so good. I love the start with the boogie woogie bugle boy type yep. deal. Oh, it's so good. And it's 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 true. It's 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 that's the character Pierce is, and and his. It's like making fun of that generation and the 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 stereotypical narcissism that we we created the best music. Uh, the best movies came out around this time. Blah 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 blah. And he's finally like, "You're welcome. You're welcome." <laughs> well, that was like. Um, well, that was like. Uh, did you listen to? Did you see? Uh, we're gonna get a little political on this show. Did you watch okay. uh, John Mulaney's uh, monologue on SNL? I did not. So he has a line where he was like, "My eighty, my ninety-eight-year-old grandmother voted and went in person and voted in this election, and everyone cheered." And he was like, "Wait, are we cheering for bad ideas? Because." <laughs> Like, a 98-year-old person voting in an election is kind of like someone ordering the food for the entire table and then leaving before it's arrived at the table. (laughs) And, like, he kind of got some groans, and he's like, oh, I'm sorry, was that ageist? I guess that's really rude of me. That would be like calling yourself the greatest generation or something. Oh, my (laughs) God. But, yeah, I mean, that is the baby booner generation of, like, you're welcome. You're welcome that you have rocket. He has that line where they're like, well, everyone knows your generation created rock and roll. No, I wouldn't say that. We perfected it. We perfected it. (laughs) Yep, we perfected it. Oh, my Um, gosh. So, I mean, essentially, all these songs are trying to rope in the different members of the uh, study group into but joining nothing nothing strikes better than the Shirley moment um, oh, here's here's oh. bringing in that children's choir and where she's just like when they say this like I asked my public school what this day was about and she just goes they're not gonna tell <laughs> they're you. not gonna tell you they, no, they push all... Jesus and religion out she's like that's what they do that's what, that's they, what they do they, yeah they told us not to pray <laughs> That's what they do. That's what they do. (laughs) But I mean, up until this point, I'm like, ah, this song's all right. But the actress who plays Shirley, and I feel so bad because I can't remember her name. Yvette Nicole Brown. Yvette Nicole Brown has such a powerful voice that I could literally just listen to like 10 minutes of her just singing Jesus is Lord because it just, oh, it hits my soul. I'm like, oh my God, she's got that voice that like makes you go to Christmas Eve church services to hear that one really talented person in the choir that they're like, you're getting the solo. You're singing Mary. Did you know? And you're just like, Oh, I'm going to cry. Here we go. (laughs) Like you get all ready for it. Um, Also, I mean the horror fan in both of us, you gotta love the Invasion of the Body Snatchers 1978 parody with Jeff Winger turning around and extending his hand for the giant. (laughs) Oh, Oh, it's so good. So but good. this is the episode shines for me. The funniest moments is at the very end because I had forgotten that by this point it was all about dragging Britta every episode. Yep. Yep. And he's he's like, Hey, we're gonna do a recasting, but I'm supposed to be a mute tree. <laughs> 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 and then she comes out and starts singing, and probably my favorite line uh. in community history. Oh, Britta's in this. Yes, Dean's. Oh, Britta's in this. I, 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 again, there was a fine line during season three as we're making fun of Britta 
where Britta did toe that line of, oh man, really? Like, we're just going to rip on Britta? And God, Britta is the absolute worst. <laughs> like, when when Abed is telling her that she's taken over, and she's like, what are the lyrics? And he's like, they're in your heart. And she's like, oh yeah, a da-doy! <laughs> God, you are the worst. And she comes out, she's like... <laughs> Let's let Britta finish her awkward song. Yeah. <laughs> like, me so Christmas, me so merry. <laughs> it's it's so fucking funny. But then again, they hit me with the tears because I teared the fuck up when Abed's sitting alone in his house and he hears his friends caroling first Noel. Yes. Uh, which, as you remember last week, I said is probably my favorite carol. There's something yes. about that carol yeah. I love. But yeah, them opening up the door and they all come in and it's just, you feel it in your heart. And then, I mean, you know me well enough to know the idea of Troy just going, oh my God, let's all watch how terrible this Christmas special is. I mean, I have the Star Wars holiday special on a bootleg on my DVD shelf and I have had friends come over so we could watch how terrible it is on more than one occasion. Yeah. And I mean, this... um that was mentioned earlier where he's like, I think Abed was describing it. And Troy against is like, that sounds awesome. That sounds terrible. I want to watch it twice. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And it's brought up again at the end. And, and you and I are both the same exact people. Like, I mean, we're, what are we going to watch this time of year? Um, uh, around the recording, we are very, very close to Thanksgiving. I mean, um, by the time this thing comes out, yeah, yeah, this yeah. is It'll our do, episode. But... I mean, we do have to acknowledge the elephant in the room that af- this is the episode right before Christmas. When you're listening to this, Christmas is like yeah. three days away. Ooh. But at the time we're recording it, literally tomorrow is Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And what am I going to watch tonight? I'm going to put Blood Rage in and I'm going <laughs> to love it. And yeah. it's, it's god awful. But I yeah. love Blood Rage so much. Blood Rage is one that it took me a while to get into, but man, Blood Rage is a masterpiece. Um, and then, I mean, Thanks Killing. I've seen a yeah. lot more people getting on the Thanks Killing train. Not as good of a movie as Blood Rage. No. Uh, but it's, you know, it's short. It's like an hour and six yeah, minutes or something. I can get behind it. But, have but like, you, yeah, go ahead. have you, because this is all a parody of, I, I can't remember the name of the Doctor Who parody. Remind me real quick Inspector Space Time. Inspector Space Time. So this is obviously Inspector Space Time is a parody of Doctor Who. This is a Christmas special that's a parody of the Star Wars Holiday Special. Have you ever actually watched the Star Wars Holiday Special? Okay, I was worried you were going to go to Doctor Who. Um, No. Oh, yes, yes. I have watched the Star Wars Holiday Christmas Special. Okay, because I was going to say, I remember watching this community episode with people who hadn't seen the Star Wars Holiday Special. And I was like, I need to explain to them yes. that the idea that they watch a hologram of a rock band rock perform concert, yep. is 100% in the Star Wars Holiday yes, Special. straight out like, of the, the Star Wars Holiday Special. Like, I think it's Jefferson Starship. They watch yes. perform in a hologram yep. on like a weird little thing. Like yeah. it's, there's so much weirdness. We, that is... We were talking before we hit record of like things that we would discuss, but like maybe would want to save for like in front of a live audience. And uh, Star Wars Holiday Special that that screams Episode One Hundred in front of a live oh, audience to me. Ooh, like, yes. <laughs> uh, oh, maybe even so we can good. maybe we can try to be really sneaky and do an actual screening of it first. But um, ooh, I mean, yeah, it's, I know. At, at this point, uh, it's it's all over the internet, so. That's true. Uh, but yeah, so it, it ends with that sweet moment. And then probably of the three episodes, the best bumper 
which is the Carol of the Bells yes. with all of the side characters. Yes. Um, so we have um, Chang. Chang, 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 Chang. Well, it's Chang, Dean. Chang. Dean. Dean. Oh, no, he's Dean. Doing, Chang, he's doing Chang, Chang, Chang. Mary, 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 Chang, Miss. Mary, um, Mary, Mary, then, Mary, Dean, Miss. Yeah, and then it's Pop. 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 My pop. name is Alex. My name is Alex. You've got Starburns, who yeah. I love that by season three, he's like, damn it. My name is Alex, not Starburns. <laughs> well, it's because, like, the, the, the joke it's so funny because I always think of when they do the Starburns joke, the thing that I jump to is um, in The Wedding Singer when he's talking about the table of freaks. Yeah. And he's like in Sideburns Lady over there and like the woman looks up and she's got long sideburns. And like that's like that in any other normal show would be the extent of the Starburns joke. Is yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, there's Starburns over there and it cuts to like a guy with sideburns shaved into stars and then you never think about that character again but nope. community has such a like when we talked about it on my favorite episode of the one guest host was like the only shows that have a deeper roster of random reoccurring characters is like parks and recreation and the simpsons yeah like yeah. the amount of like if a character shows up you better believe that that character is going to come back one day on community yeah. i mean look at leonard Leonard yeah. was in the show from the very beginning all the way up through the end. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's insane. It's, it's absolutely insane. My um, favorite I, line involving Starburns is, um, I can't remember if it was season three or four when he, when he does do like, my name's Alex. I can't remember who responded. Well, maybe you should carve that into the side of your face. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? Real quick before we wrap up, cause we've covered yeah. all three episodes. Do you have a favorite? Let's. Who's your favorite main character on the show, and who is your favorite reoccurring side character on the show? Oh my god! I feel like it's cliche at this point for me to say who my favorite main character is. Um, it's Abed. Troy. Oh, no, it's Troy. See, mine's Mayan's Abed. Oh my god! We're Troy. Oh, we are Troy and Abed <laughs> in the morning. Uh, I mean, with Dean very close second for me. Dean definitely very close second. Um, and if I'm doing top three. Um, my third would probably be Jeff. And as much as like he can be obnoxious and he can be self-centered, I love his end of episode speeches. I love him bringing everyone together, regardless of what his intentions always were. Yeah. Um, but I, I do. I love those moments because you usually got one at least every other episode. Yeah, for so. sure. It, it was kind of like on South Park with Kyle always having the what did we learn today yep. segment. And they were always really good, profound speeches on South Park, too. So, yeah, I do love a good – I mean, I've said already, my favorite show of all time is Scrubs. Like, every episode of Scrubs yeah. ends with, like, okay. a speech to tie everything together. That's my shit. I love that stuff. So this community, the way you feel about Scrubs is that's the way I feel about community. 100%. All right. We're going to have to tackle – one day we'll tackle some of the Scrubs Christmas episodes. Oh, they, I'm into that. Dude, they tug some heartstrings. I think it's the very first season. Uh, the Christmas episode is literally about Turk losing his faith in God yep. because of how many people he has to proclaim dead on Christmas Eve so, at the hospital. <laughs> so, like, so a little ooh. bit of behind the scenes. Um, I had recently gotten my tonsils out, and what I watched during the first couple days of recovery was the first season of Scrubs. 
so it's so good so good i Um, i genuinely i know we're talking about community but i have been i've said on the record many times that i think that the scrubs pilot is one of the best pilots because really like we were talking about with community it took them a couple episodes to really figure out who the characters were but man scrubs there's like one character who's who changed a little bit everyone else they like really fleshed out who these characters were right out the gate with that show. I think adding on to your point, you could take the plot of the Scrubs pilot and literally plug that into any profession at all. My my first year teaching, I watched the Scrubs pilot the day before I went my first day. It's a really great pilot. Yeah. Like, uh, you should also check out the um, real doc... uh, Fake Doctors, Real Friends podcast in which Donald Faison and Zach Braff are just rewatching every episode of Scrubs and giving behind nice. the scenes factoids. Yeah, it's a it's a fun little podcast. I will I will check that out. Backing up though, we didn't talk about our favorite recurring character. Yeah. So what's your favorite about... recurring character? Um, I don't know. This might disqualify because he doesn't come back. I think after season three, and it's Vaughn. Yeah, Vaughn uh, is pretty great. Britta's hippie boyfriend is my favorite. Be- ba- I mean, basically because we got Britta's a B out of, <laughs> out of Vaughn. <laughs> so I love that. I what is it? Uh, this isn't my favorite reoccurring character, but I just literally blanked on his name. It starts with an M. But who is the pop pop guy? Oh, magnitude. Magnitude. I was like Magnus. Um, magnitude. No. Magnitude is pretty great. Uh, my favorite Magnitude line is in the the <laughs> the paintball episode. Uh, where he steps pop on what? <laughs> yeah. First things first. Pop pop. <laughs> but but my favorite my favorite reoccurring character is Garrett. I love Garrett so oh, much. Oh, I love Garrett. I th- oh the god they got really weird with Garrett in the final yeah. season. The last like the second to last episode is a strange Garrett episode. Oh my god, it. so strange. And the bumper. <laughs> At, at the end of that episode where I believe one of the writers is defending their incest storyline. <laughs> yeah, oh it's God, Garrett's this crazy. so weird. But yeah, so, I mean, do we have any other closing thoughts on the Community Christmas specials beyond, like, go watch the Community Christmas specials? Uh, They're on Netflix. Definitely. Go watch the Community Christmas specials. And as a matter of fact, over your holiday, as Christmas the day ends and you're still continuing... Um, go ahead and start community from the beginning and just kind of binge the entire show. Um, final thoughts on the first three community Christmas episodes is I watch them every single year. I will continue to watch them every single year. And there is a Christmas episode in season four and it's not bad, but as we said before, uh, season four kind of took a dip. We lost Dan Harmon as one of the main writers and showrunner. We lost the showrunner. He created the show. Um, but season four's Christmas special is kind of cool. It's got Malcolm McDowell in it, and it's a very subtle parody on Die Hard, and and um, they're just trying to get their grade up. It's it's not as good as the previous three, but I would recommend watching the season four Christmas special as well. That came out in, I believe, March or April, because by season four, um, the show was basically at risk of being canceled every year after yeah. season three. <laughs> Six seasons in a movie. Yeah. Um, so just a heads up, guys, we've got some really, really cool, interesting episodes that are coming up on the horizon. But next week, it's going to be the week after Christmas. So 
we're just going to talk about what we did over our Christmas. That's going to be next it. week's episode. Stay tuned for that and then get ready for work. We're going to be talking about stuff like the the absolute worst wrestling pay-per-view of all time. We're going to talk about that. We're going to mm. talk about our favorite versions of one specific song. We're going to have someone who starred in a Hallmark movie this year. We've got a pretty stacked January for you guys. Uh, so I do hope I'm, this is like the big th- thing I'm afraid of is like, yeah, everybody's in the holiday spirit right now, but what's it going to look like when we get to January? Are they going to drop off? Are they going to join us on this crazy ride all year round? And I really hope that uh, my theory that people will listen to a Christmas podcast all year round are proven correct. And, and I, 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 so in my mind, the worst day of the year is December 26th. It's my least favorite day. Because um, we all build up, we build up to that special day. We've all been in the Christmas spirit. In, in my mind, I've been in the Christmas spirit since September. I mean, Halloween's in there as well, and I get in the Halloween spirit, but I'm still like in the back of my mind, hey man, Christmas is coming up, it's almost there. Um, and cr- December 26th, I'm like, oh, oh my God, it's over. Yeah, the lights are still up, but blah, blah. And I think doing this is giving me a reason to keep that spirit going all year long so i implore our listeners hey keep going with us let's keep that spirit alive all year long because yeah 2020 is just about over but you know what just because the ball is going to drop on the first doesn't mean things are going to get super like change overnight so let's keep that positive energy going let's be that change throughout the world stick with us throughout the year we're going to keep the spirit alive 365 days Meanwhile, in New Jersey... So, Marissa, what talking points do you want to hit on in this week's episode? Well, Jackie, let's talk about how the film addresses the patriarchy. Ooh, and representation of marginalized people. Ooh, ooh, and even philosophical ramifications of good versus evil and horror. We can point out the triangle boobs, talk about the blood splatter, and, oh, the practical effects. (sighs) Um, and also the male gaze? My gaze at the males... Hi-oh! From feminism to fangirling, the Jersey Ghouls cover all the bases of horror from a woman's perspective. New episodes are uploaded every other Sunday. Just search Jersey Ghouls to find us on social media and your favorite podcasting app. Hey, welcome to Unstable Topics, a fast-paced, jam-packed, unhinged, bestie podcast filled with facts, reacts, and made-up games in between. We're your hosts, Sarah and Maggie. And we're excited for you to join our best friend hangout, where we surprise one another with things we find interesting or hilarious just to see how the other will react. Our friendship might be totally stable, but you never know what your bestie might throw your way to knock you off your game. So come shake things up, learn something new, and laugh along with us. This is Unstable Topics. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.